tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight only on Disney Plus. You guys want to do this? (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 27, and we are live from Book Riot Live. We are here in New York City talking about books released on November 10th, 2015. I'm Liberty Hardy here putting my hand on Rebecca Shinsky's thigh. I like it. We are it. coming to you I live. Like it. Woo! Live! Woo! <laughs> hi. So, hi. Hi. We're here. I we know. never get to look at each other while we do this. No. It's very exciting. This is the longest I've had pants on in forever. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Someone was like, isn't it so nice when you throw a convention and you get to get all dressed up and talk to people? And I was like, I have not worn pants for four days straight and I don't know how long. <laughs> so yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> probably Book Expo in May. <laughs> so this is an awesome thing that's going on. This is so awesome. Hi, Amanda. That's Amanda, if you haven't met her yet. <laughs> Are you guys having a good weekend? <laughs> Yeah. It's been really great. It's been amazing. So amazing. Everyone is so nice. All of you are so lovely. Everybody who has talked to us has been so fun and kind and warm. And this feels exactly the way that we hoped it would feel. So I hope it feels that way to you too. Um, Before I have too many emotions, (laughs) we're we're going to talk about the sponsor. Best friends are so nice. Um, our sponsor today for this episode is iGiftYA. Uh, that's brought to you by This Is Teen, which is the young adult division of Scholastic Books. Um, they run an awesome site for the holiday season. It's iGiftYA.socialtoaster.com. Social Toaster is a thing. Uh, and you can go to it to see all kinds of YA books for the holiday season, to get recommendations, to figure out what to buy for the people who read YA in your life, to figure out what to buy for yourself, because obviously you need that too. Um, you can also check out thisisteen.tumblr.com for a bunch of their information. Everybody here gets two beautiful books from Scholastic. Um, all of these, some intern somewhere spent so many hours beautifully <laughs> ribboning these books together. <laughs> it's really great. Um, all of them, you get a copy of All Fall Down by Ali Carter. And then the second book, I think there are five different titles rotating for, through the second book. So make sure you pick these up on your way out. Thank you so much to iGiftYA. Be sure to check out iGiftYA.socialtoaster.com. They're going to do a bunch of giveaways. They might have iGiftYA buttons. There's going to be tons of stuff. And I can see these are very small pictures on my notes, but um, some of they're doing the 12 days of YA this holiday season. You can win. The only title that I can recognize from the cover here is Shadow Shaper by Daniel Jose Older, and you could win that. You should win it. If you've read it, you should win it and give it to someone else because uh, it's wonderful. And they, have, they do, Scholastic does amazing work. So thank you so much to them and to iGiftYA for sponsoring the um, Liberty and Rebecca Snuggle Session. <laughs> of, of Book Riot Live. 
Should we show off our shirts? Oh, yeah. So um, we did not buy the two-headed Snuggie that we were joking about <laughs> on the last episode, but Liberty found us uniforms. So she's the... <laughs> For those of you at home, Liberty is wearing a tank top that says Big Spoon, and I am the Little Spoon. And it'll be on Instagram. I'm also wearing four-inch platforms. I'm not normally this tall. Normally, we're like the same size. They're like, what size shoe do you want? I'm like, Jeff O'Neill size. (laughs) Oh, Oh, so we're here to talk about books. Yeah, we're going to talk about books. There were new books this week. Yes, lots of great ones. And this is our last normal show of the year. Next week, we're going to get ready for Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving is coming soon uh, with a show about our favorite dysfunctional family novels. (laughs) We don't know anything about that. (laughs) Oh, so I'll I'll talk now. Okay. Yeah, I'll make the words come out of my brain. I was like, wait, what's happening after dysfunctional family novels? I was thinking about what books I wanted to talk about. (laughs) And then we're going to do some, like, best of the year, debuts, all sorts of things. So we're going to, there will be shows for the rest of the weeks of the year, but this is our last new release show, so it feels really great to be doing that with you guys live. All right. You want to go? I'm going to go. Okay, so you read books this week. Of course. I didn't read a book yesterday because I was here. And my brain dried up and tried to escape. Is that but, why your hair turned pink? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, I did read some other ones in preparation. So okay. the first book I'm going to talk about today is called All Our Spoons Came from Woolworths. No, not all our spoons. Just Our Spoons Came from Woolworths <laughs> by Barbara Cummins. I've mentioned her before on the podcast. She's one of my very favorite authors. It's Cummins, C-O-M-Y-N-S, for those of you playing at home and out in the audience who can't see my notes. Uh, it was originally published in 1950, and it is being reissued by NYRB Classics with an introduction by Emily Gould, who is a really awesome oh, she's so good. author. And uh, this is one of my favorites. She is one of my favorites. She wrote from the late 1940s to the late 1980s, and she's having this resurgence, and it's incredible. Um, the theme of all my books today is kind of sinister. They're, they're all very sinister. On brand. <laughs> yeah. Just in time for Thanksgiving. Sinister books. Um, <laughs> She wrote this amazing book called Who Is Changed and Who Is Dead. It's so evil and great and amazing, and I highly recommend it. Um, But back to the other book, All Our Spoons. No, not All Our Spoons. Our Spoons came from (laughs) Woolworths. Starts with the narrator, Sophia, and she is telling you... Uh, telling her story to someone, and she's saying, like, this, you just learned that she's just told her story to someone who runs home and cries because her story is so sad. And she's like, well, my story isn't that sad. And she starts to go on and explain to you about her story. And it starts eight years back when she's in love with an artist named Charles. Um, Charles is an artiste. He thinks he's all fancy. Um, so, of course, he has to do other work to support himself, um, like painting signs and doing commissioned works. And Sophia is also a painter, and she works in a studio. And for reasons unknown to us, originally, the marriage between Sophia and Charles is not going to be allowed by their parents. Like, they they frown on it. Um, But they are old enough, so they decide to go ahead and get married anyway. Uh, It has this sort of demented fairy tale mentality. Okay. It's, yeah, it's really good. Um, It's like, here's this couple who's really excited to be getting married despite having no money and no approval. They rent a cheap flat. They move in with their pet newt because people (laughs) have pet newts, which is not really explained. Do any of y'all have pet newts? Nobody? All right, okay. Maybe it was like a 1940s thing. Yeah. So um, (laughs) they move in with the newt, and they seek out all these bargains to feather their nests, hence buying their spoons at Woolworths. Um, And it's the adults that are really the villains to start out with. Charles's parents are divorced, and they spend their time making horrible remarks about one another and asking Charles and Sophia to tell them gossip about each other. And 
George's father finally approves of the marriage, but only because... Uh, George, Charles. Charles's mother approves of the marriage, but only because uh, his mother is so against it. Um, there's a scene where, like, one of Charles, uh, Charles's aunts shakes Sophia after they get married because she assumes that she's pregnant, so she's like, shakes her. What? It's terrible. Oh, hell They're, no. like, so awful. Um, but both Sophia and Charles are just really young and naive, and they're in love. And this part, I was like, what? But Sophia cops to believing that she thought birth control meant that if you think you won't get pregnant while you're having sex, you won't. <laughs> Man, if only that worked. Like, it, like she really thought it meant you take control of, of one's <laughs> mind. So, so she gets pregnant. Uh, well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Like, not long after they get married, she does indeed become pregnant, and Charles begins to show his true colors. Uh, when Sophia tells him that he is that uh, he's going to be a dad, he's all like, "I don't like kids and all this stuff." And he says, "I, how I dislike the idea of being a daddy and pushing a pram," which is just, yeah, he's a great guy. Um, <laughs> so, and Sophia's not all that excited about it either, but she's like, "I'm pregnant. This is what we're gonna do." This My is what brain happens. broke, and I couldn't shut that whole thing down. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to take control. <laughs> So Charles continues to be a total cad, and he spends the money that they so desperately need on art supplies instead of baby clothes and furniture, and slowly Sophia realizes that she is really on her own in this marriage. Um, I'm going to stop there because my tongue is running away with my mouth, and also because I don't want to give away anything else. Um, I'll just end by saying that Barbara Cummins is brilliant and funny, and her writing is razor sharp, and again, it is called... Our spoons came but not from all of them. Not all of them. They could have been all of them. I mean, technically, it sure. was all of them. We don't know Unless how many spoons they had. Spoon, then it would, they would be lying if they said all their spoons came from Woolworths. <laughs> so, um, yeah, now it's your turn. <laughs> Yay! My first pick is not sinister. I don't have a theme this week, just things that I liked. Uh, it's called Dear Mr. You by Mary Louise Parker. Yeah, yay! It's so good. Uh, Mary Louise Parker, you probably recognize from Weeds and Fried Green Tomatoes and so many other wonderful things. This is a memoir in letters. Are you taking my picture right now? No. <laughs> wow, so many things are happening. Um, so <laughs> I'm having emotions again. <laughs> Um, it's a memoir in letters, and each letter is to a different man in her life. Uh, and I have to admit, when I read the pitch for this book, I was like, but why does she have to make her awesome life about men? Um, but but they are really wonderful, and they're not all to real men that she really knew. The opening piece is a letter to her grandfather who died before she was born, and she's imagining experiences that he had in his life before she was born, and the kinds of stories that he would have told her if she had gotten to know him and to be his granddaughter. Um, there are, you know, ones to lovers that she had great relationships with, ones to uh, past boyfriends that were terrible human beings, letters to good friends. There, it's really beautiful. She has chops. The writing is not just good, it's kind of surprising in the style and the words that she chooses and how she puts them together. And it was like, oh, I knew she was smart. She was Amy Gardner on the West Wing. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's really really wonderful and if you have any affinity for like reading gossip magazines or paying attention to you know those kinds of things it's fun to try to guess who the men are she doesn't name them so it's like you were a man that I almost went home with one night 
And here's why I didn't. And here's what I thought about, you know, maybe would have happened if I had, that kind of thing. Um, and there's one, I, I happened to know that she was, was very good friends um, with Adam Duritz, the lead singer of Counting Crows, because I went through a phase in college where I was very active on the Counting Crows message boards. <laughs> <laughs> My screen name was Rebecca and everything after. <laughs> Feelings, I'm having them again. <laughs> Uh, so I am pretty sure that I figured out which letter in the book was to Adam Durance, and I felt very proud of that. Like, who could I tell? Who could acknowledge that I figured this out? So I've been waiting, and I'm telling y'all. <laughs> that I think that was. Like, it was a bonus layer of the book to be like, this is lovely. You don't need to know a thing about her or her life or her career or the men she slept with or almost slept with um, to appreciate the story and how she chose to tell it. It's really creative and beautiful, but there's that added layer of like, oh, who is that man in that story? It was, it was really wonderful. It's out. Every I guess all the books we're talking about today are out this week because that's how this podcast works. Yes. <laughs> But we're going to give you a map after, and you, there's going to be little clues as to where to find these books that we're speaking about. <laughs> right. All of them are books. Yes. <laughs> I, I was afraid that yesterday morning I'd be so tired that all I would be able to say on the Booker I had show was like, books. <laughs> we're close. <laughs> but it turns out that today is that day. <laughs> so that's Dear Mr. You by Mary, Lou- Mary Louise Parker. Your right. turn. <laughs> it is my turn. The next book I'm going to talk about is called Six Guns Snow White by Catherine Valente. Let's hear it for Catherine Valente. Yeah, yeah. She's amazing. Also, my stupid notes keep changing the spelling of her name to Catherine, C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E. But it is C-A-T-H-R-Y-N-N-E. And she is a magical being. She really is. She's incredible. Also, she lives on an island, so come on. I imagine her in a castle with, like, unicorns. Is it, like, her own island? She lives on, on Peaks Island, where oh. there are lots of artists. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's a special place. She is they won't let me go there. <laughs> it would explode Someday. with awesome if you went they there. Swim They're there. not ready for you. The dragon. Is there a moat? I guess it's an island, so everything is a moat. <laughs> yeah. You, <laughs> you broke me. <laughs> oh, we'll just edit that out. So, um, and she is, if you've not read her, she is one of those writers that seems to use more words than you're actually reading on the page. Like when you ingest them into your head, it's like so much more amazingness. It's, she's just rich and incredible. Um, and just when you think you've heard it all before, she creates sentences and descriptions like nothing else. Like she's so, like if you're ever in a reading slump, pick up one of her books because she describes things in in ways you've never thought of. Uh, She wrote The Girl Who Circumnavigated Fairyland in a Ship of Her Own Making, Uh, Radiance, most recently Deathless, which is one of my very favorite books everyone should read. Um, Everyone should just read it, not everyone should just read one of my favorite books. Just everyone (laughs) should read it. Um, So in case it isn't obvious from the title, Six Guns Snow White is a retelling of Little Red Riding Hood. Just kidding. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, I'm with you. Is this that bit about, like, bears running in... <laughs> What's that? <laughs> werewolves. It was werewolves in Bob's Oh, where, where... Now, that's the sequel. Um, so this is Snow White set in the Wild West. It was published awesome. last year in the UK, and now we are lucky enough to get it here. Uh, this is not a Disneyfied version of the fairy tale. It is closer to the original style of fairy tale telling, in which everything is brutal and grim, lots of people die... And it's just really horrible, especially for women. Oh. And this is, 
This Lovely. is about a half-native, half-white woman in the Wild West, so it goes doubly here for her. Um, that young woman is named... Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> Close. <laughs> Snow White. Her father was a silver baron who always got what he wanted, and her mother was a Native American named Gunnet Sings who unfortunately fell under the category of something that he wanted. Uh, she is a very beautiful woman, and he convinces Snow White's mother's people to give her to him. despite the fact that Gun That Sings didn't want to be with him. And despite her protest, they are married. And shortly after, Gun That Sings dies in childbirth, but not before living a really horrible life with Snow White's dad. Sinister, you were right. Yeah. This is just outright depressing. Who am I kidding? (laughs) Uh, Snow White does not have it easy growing up half native and half white. Even though she is spoiled by her father, she is kept hidden away. And it gets worse when her father eventually remarries and Snow White's stepmother who is indeed wicked, wicked stepmother, Uh, she enjoys keeping Snow White from the world because of her heritage. She actually gives her the name Snow White to be cruel because Snow White is a skin color that she will never have, so she will never fit in. I don't want to tell you any more about the plot because even though this is Snow White and we all kind of know how that works, um, the details make this so wildly Mm -hmm. unique that Mm -hmm. it's just incredible. Um, Catherine Valente is seriously one of the most inventive writers I have ever read. And despite its brutality at times, this is a thoroughly wonderful book. I don't know if I sold it as <laughs> You did. It's, it's really charming and amazing. And she's awesome. It, yeah, she's incredible. And she has a moat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for Kyle to show me that I'm wiggling, and I can't even see I think him. we're fine. We're good. Right. Okay, my next pick is a re-release of a favorite of mine. Uh, there is a musical tie-in edition of The Color Purple by Alice Walker that just came out. Um, so... The Color Purple was first published in 1982. It won the Pulitzer in 1983. Um, If you, you, do you guys know The Color Purple? Yeah, right, okay. Um, So it's about a 14-year-old girl named Celie. She is a poor black girl living in Georgia, and she starts writing letters to God because her father abuses her. Her life is very difficult, um, and... Her father gets her pregnant, steals the baby, and presumably kills it, gets her pregnant again. Uh, It's a very bad situation for Celie. Talk about sinister. Uh, And they meet a man who we just know in the book as Mr. Uh, Mr. wants to marry Celie's younger sister, Nettie, but their father refuses because uh, he thinks that Nettie is the more valuable of the sisters, and he gives Mr. Celie because she's ugly. And things, as you can imagine, and as many of you know, don't go very well. Um, from there. They have this very joyless life. Mr. is terrible to Celie as well. Um, But she is saved through the fact that Mr. has a relationship with a woman named Suge Avery, who's this like, you know, very sexy and smart and strong woman. She's a lounge singer. And Suge Avery sort of takes Celie under her wing. And they have a very unconventional relationship that saves Celie's life. Um, This was one of the very first like intersectional-ish feminist novels that I read way before we had the term intersectional feminism. Uh, but it, she Walker addresses race, class, gender, um, what that time in history was like. Um, it was adapted into a movie by Oprah, thanks Oprah. Um, and now Jennifer Hudson is starring in the musical, which I think would have to be really incredible. Uh, so there's a gorgeous new edition. Like I have feelings, as I'm sure a lot of you guys do, about the movie tie-in covers of books and how they're not always very satisfying. The musical tie-in cover is not like a stage with a person standing on it. It's just a new edition of the book that they're re-releasing for uh, in honor of the musical. It's really beautiful. 
wonderful. And so that's the new release of The Color Purple by Alice Walker. You're really good at this. <laughs> I'm like looking at my notes and you're like, <laughs> you own it. I had a good break-in session with Jeff yesterday morning. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go home and practice with my cats. I'm going to step in front of me and I'm going to be like, you and you. Everyone at home is like, what is happening? <laughs> anyway. Sorry, we should have been videotaping. For those of you who are not here right now, there are lemurs. Anyway. Um, you, my, the next book I'm going to talk about is You Have Never Been Here by Mary Rickert. This is coming out this year from one of my favorite small presses, Small Beer Books. I talk about them all the time because they're so awesome. They are awesome. Um, they have been killing it this year. They had uh, Archivist Wasp and Prodigies, which I talked about mm-hmm. on the podcast before, yeah. one of my favorites. Um, and now this is a book of short stories. It's so weird that I'm doing the short stories. You know I love a collection of short stories. Yeah, well, they're sinister. Did we mention sinister Sold. yet today? Okay. <laughs> um, I just read everything that they send me, like so immediately. I had to read this. Um, she is an amazing storyteller. She has received World Fantasy Awards and the Shirley Jackson Award. And this is an astonishing collection of dark, startling stories about women and ghosts and identities. Mm. Also, after I started writing this, I realized that like a bunch of the books that I read this year have ghosts in them, like hmm. an inordinate amount. I don't know why that is, but I don't know if it's like a, a thing going on in publishing or if yeah, I just... Yeah, I think ghosts are like... Pick them out. Having a moment. Yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. Like, we moved from zombies to ghosts. Uh-huh, right. Maybe next we could do like zombie ghosts. Zombie ghosts? Is that a pol- poltergeist? No. Those are those are like cranky ghosts. <laughs> I just want to read novels about Slimer from the Ghostbusters. That would be awesome. <laughs> Some Slimer fan fiction. There's, you know there is. There has to be. Rule, Rule 34. 34. <laughs> <laughs> I will buy a tote bag for the first person in this audience <laughs> who finds Slimer fan fiction on the internet. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So, look at them. Look at the beautiful nerds. <laughs> They're Googling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> While you do that, you weirdos, um, <laughs> I'm going to tell you about the short stories. Uh, the first story is about a woman who thinks she might be turning into a deer. Uh, so she, writes a, she wants to write a memoir before her transition is complete. Um, the next one is called Journey into the Kingdom, which was my favorite. It's about a young woman whose father comes to them each evening as a ghost. He's drowned at sea. They've got it! <laughs> that was really fast. I should have asked for Venkman fan fiction. No. <laughs> There's still That is a Transformers and Ghostbuster crossover fan fiction that are lovely. <laughs> it's called oh my A New goodness. Shade of Green. Winners. <laughs> Carry on, Liberty. <laughs> I I am done. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay. So the next story, I'm going to back up a slide right here. Uh, the next story was called Journey into the Kingdom, and it is my favorite story in the collection. It's about a young woman whose father has drowned at sea, and he comes to her and her mother each evening as a ghost, and he stays and he talks to them, and as the evening progresses, he melts into a puddle in front of the fireplace, and then she must towel him up and take him back to the Atlantic and wring him out. And so there's one night where he shows, and then he starts showing up, and he brings all these other ghosts with him. And they, like, hang out and have conversations like you do. Yeah. And, but then this one night, he comes with a ghost who doesn't leave the same way. He walks out the front door. And while she's all distracted mm-hmm. by this other ghost, she forgets to puddle oh. to clean up her dad. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> so weird. Moving on. Um, it's great. It's just, it's, it's so awesome. Uh, there's also another story okay. about a group of women who discover that all their newborns have something really strange in common. 
Um, these are just like rich, fantastical stories which explain through loss what it means to be alive. Mm. That people are haunted not just by the physical loss of someone, but by ideas and potential. And through their grief and disbelief, lessons are learned. Like, don't forget to sponge up your dad. <laughs> if that is not the best lesson we all learned this weekend, I just am done. That would be the show title right there. So, oh my goodness. Again, I lost the title. You've Never Been Here by Mary Rickert. <laughs> I don't know how to follow that. <laughs> My next book is called The Mad Feast by Matthew Gavin Frank. It is a tour of the United States of each state through that state's signature dish. Um, and this is not like Guy Fieri talking about food. <laughs> It's really wonderful. Last year, Matthew Gavin Frank wrote a book about the um, search for the giant squid. Um, I don't know about you, but I cannot resist a Discovery Channel special about the giant squid. Uh, so this is about the first man who f photographed a giant squid. And Matthew Gavin Frank like wrote this big essay about that guy. But the essay wanders off in all these directions about different things like the nature of obsession and how a person gets hooked on trying to find a giant squid to take a picture of. He's this really creative, surprising writer. And the new book, The Mad Feast, takes like, Ohio is known for its chili. And here's a recipe. It's a weird recipe for chili. And here are a bunch of, you know, sort of notes about what the signature dish from the state reflects about the people who live there and their identities and the state's history. So if you're into food and history and contemporary culture, it's really great. And it's not a fact dump. It's not like, I, I do love fact dump nonfiction where you can then go to a party and be like, here are 17 things that I learned today that you didn't ask me to tell you, but I'm telling you anyway. Um, but this is more, it's like very subtle how he weaves in real historical facts um, to talk about how these, you know, how the, the states and the climates of the states and the people who immigrated from different parts of the world into different states in the country shaped those states culinary history shaped their general culture. It's really fascinating. The book is gorgeous, too. It's beautifully illustrated, um, and it's a perfect, like, it's a this gorgeous, perfect hardcover. It would be a great gift for the holidays. Um, it's for pretty. It's really pretty. Um, he's awesome. So that's The Mad Feast by Matthew Gavin Frank. And Preparing the Ghost. Oh, Preparing the is Ghost the is the squid book, squid right. Book, yeah. Which is also it awesome. It is so good. It's so weird. I was like, I will read your book about the giant squid, and it's so, so, so good. So I'm going to talk about my last book. I'm going to talk so fast because I'm in the home stretch. You can do it. And then uh, <laughs> we'll uh, the little... last book I'm going to talk about is called Because She Never Asked by Enrique Villematas, translated from Spanish by Valerie Miles. Um, this is out from another great small publisher called New Directions. The description called it, uh, an, like, Patricia Highsmith. So Ooh. immediately oh, yeah, I, was yeah, like, yeah. I was like, Patricia Highsmith. I was like, can we talk about Patricia Highsmith for a minute? Yeah, yeah, we should. She's so awesome. Mm -hmm. And there's that movie coming out, Carol, which is yeah. based on a, The Price of Salt. And she wrote The Talented Mr. Ripley. She's really awesome. Um, this one is compared to Strangers on a Train. Uh, there's a young woman who seeks out an artist she admires and then later uh, leaves him and... It causes his inspiration to dry up, and he becomes blocked, and he can't work any longer. Um, also, have you ever noticed in books that when young women like somebody, like an artist, they go and find them, and they're like, I love you, I love your work, and they're like, oh, yes, come live with me and be my muse and all this stuff. Like, if I showed up at Kevin Brockmeyer's house, he'd be like, listen, Annie Wilkes, get off my porch. I've called the police. I'd be like, but I love you. He's like, go away. <laughs> Stalking is so much cuter in fiction. Seriously. <laughs> It's like in movies.
movies, like those things never happen. No, no, that's how you get arrested. I mean, I would bail you out. Kevin Brockmeyer is great, and I'd be oh. like, but she doesn't mean it that way. No, if you haven't read Kevin Brockmeyer, holy oh, cat, we should talk about Kevin Brockmeyer. Okay, um, you want to do that now, or you want you me to finish? Your, yeah. <laughs> But I love him. Okay. <laughs> um, so like I said, this is like a stranger is on a train story or throw mama from the train if that's your thing. Um, but it's a lot more complicated. It's very dark and disturbing. And it's a really little novel. All these books that I'm talking about are very slim oh. today, except for the short stories. For some reason, that's how it worked out. Um, one of the chapters is simply called Don't Mess With Me, which I really <laughs> enjoyed. I was like, that's awesome. Um, if you're a George's Simonin fan, I love also that his name is George's plural. <laughs> like, imagine if you were Rebecca's. <laughs> um, liberties. Liberties. Liberties already. Um, <laughs> if you're a fan of Simonin or if you're a Muriel Spark fan mm. like me, this is definitely a book for you. Um, I'm just, I'm thinking about Kevin Brockmeyer now, I know. so I'm just going to stop. But I will say the title of the book again. It is called Because She Never Asked. That's you. All right. My last one this week is called Brief Encounters. It's edited by Judith Kitchen and Dinah Lenny. Um, This is an essay collection. So keeping in my collection-loving theme that happens on this show. Um, Judith Kitchen helped popularize flash nonfiction, and she's been the editor of many, many anthologies. Every piece in this book, and there are more than 80 of them, is under 2,000 words. And they took all kinds of submissions. They combed through all sorts of stuff. There are names like Roxane Gay and Leslie Jameson, well-known essay writers, and there are a bunch of people that I had never heard of before. And they write about all sorts of things. It was basically like, write us an essay about a thing in your life or a thing that you're thinking about, and it has to be 2,000 words or less. Some of them are very short. Some of them take the 2,000 words. Um, and the book is organized so thoughtfully. It's it's not like, these are the essays about cats, and these are the essays about turkeys. Um, but... like. <laughs> But by ideas that flow through them, there's no like marker of now you're in the cat section, now you're in the turkey section. They just move really beautifully from one piece to the next. Um, I got surprised by a piece about a dog dying, which I don't recommend being surprised by, but it was lovely. Um, I forgot to write down the uh, the writer's name, but I love collections like this for discovering work that you didn't know writers you love have written, and then also discovering new writers in bites. Like, all all you have to do is commit to reading about 2,000 words of a new writer. That's not much of a risk, and you can find new writers that you like a lot, or you can um, take that time that you're not spending reading longer than 2,000-word essays to plot how you're going to go sit on Kevin Brockmire's front lawn and wait for him. Uh, it's it's really great. I loved I love the discovery process of an anthology, and so that's Brief Encounters, Edited by Judith Kitchen and Dinah Linney. Those are the new books this week. I had two thoughts. Okay. One, it's really fun to read your notes while you're reading them. I was doing the same thing to you. (laughs) I'm like, I know what she's going to (laughs) say. And two, I will give a tote bag to someone who finds the cat turkey fan fiction. (laughs) (laughs) That's some serious slash. Yeah. But do you want to hear a true story about Kevin Brockmeyer? I love him. I might have mentioned that. We had him at the bookstore that I used to work at, Mm -hmm. and he wanted to go to dinner. I went to dinner after with him and the owners of the store. It was incredible. And then I went home, and I'm in my room, and my phone dings. I have a notification. And my boss had tweeted, Liberty is right now outside Kevin Brockmeyer's hotel room banging on the door. (laughs) I was like, what? And all my friends were like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm at home in my jammies. That was mean. I didn't do it this time. Yeah, it was mean. I have a turkey story. <laughs> About Kevin Brockmeyer? Last year, was it last year that I went to Liberty's Bookstore in New Hampshire to see, um, 
you seriously? <laughs> Cat turkey fan fiction exists. Okay. Oh I'm just going to incorporate that into my brain. It's another day in the rivalry of Cat Grease and Cat Turkey. Cat Japan. Cat Japan. Whoa. Oh, I've read that. <laughs> I don't know what I was saying. Um, we have Your some turkey story. Oh, my turkey story. Last year, um, oh my gosh, I got to go to Liberty's bookstore in New Hampshire and see Terry Tempest Williams when she was on tour. I love her very much. Her book, When Women Were Birds, changed me, and I cried all over her. And we went to dinner with her afterwards, and like later, somehow, magically, I became kind of like every six months texting friends with Terry Tempest Williams. And on a random day that I texted her last year, she was at an artist colony in Marfa, Texas, and she sent me a picture of an aggressive turkey who was... <laughs> who was like terrorizing the writer's colony. <laughs> and the kids, the local kids in the town, had to be escorted to and from school by the police officer <laughs> because the turkey was so aggressive. <laughs> oh, honey. Do you want me to tell you about what I'm going to read next? Yeah. All right. It's called My Father the Pornographer by Chris Ofit, which is, I think, how you say his name. Uh, it's out from a tree of books in 2016, and the opening line of the description is what caught me. It says, when Andrew Ofit died, his son, Chris, inherited a desk, a rifle, and 1,800 pounds of porn. <laughs> yeah. His father was one of the largest publishers of porn books in the 1960s and 1970s, back before the internet when you had to work hard for your porn. Which is an awkward, that's an awkward sentence that just left my mouth, I realize now. Things are happening yeah. on all the books. But through deciding what to do with 1,800 pounds of porn, he learns about his dad. Pounds is such an interesting way to measure the volume of porn. Right, because they were books. So... Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this is a good segue. Speaking of porn, I'm, it's, it actually is a real segue. I'm reading the, I'm going to read The Queen by Tiffany Rice, oh, which is the last in her original Sinners series. This filthy and wonderful. <laughs> She's so awesome. She is. That's our show. Do you guys have questions? We have time for questions about book recommendations. They or... didn't tell me there was going to be questions I didn't study. <laughs> It's on. Is it on? Oh, it's on. Kyle made the thumbs up, so we're good. I mostly just didn't look at him to see if I was wiggling around. I don't want to disappoint Kyle. Hi, Kevin. Hi, everybody. That's our friend Kevin. (laughs) He's a plant. (laughs) I'm a palm tree. Question, did Miss Williams specify how she got close enough to the aggressive turkey to take a picture? (laughs) I believe that she was already inside. I'm pretty sure the picture of the turkey was taken through a screen door. (laughs) She survived. (laughs) And she has a new book coming out next year. She does. It's about the national parks. Yes. We got one back there. Okay. Liberty is a book recommendation wizard, if anybody... No, I don't want to play No, that game. sorry. I'm nervous. She's terrible. I lied. Um, don't be mad at me, but that, my question is about book recommendations. Hi, Iris. Hi. Hi, Iris. Iris is also a plant. Big fan of the show. I'm a fern. Um, <laughs> actually, I'm an iris. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I would like to know what book from 2016 the two of you are most excited about. Oh. Alexandra Chi. Yeah. We have to say Alexander Chi's the queen of the night because Liberty said she would eat James Patterson if, it, <laughs> if we didn't sell enough copies of it. I said if it doesn't do, it's going to do well. It is. James Patterson is safe. He will be fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's, I'm not a serious threat. No. You're not standing outside his hotel room door. With a I, no, I haven't, like, I haven't considered, like, do I start with the feet yet? Like, I haven't gotten that far. I'm not that far yet. <laughs> I'm also really excited about The Queen of the Night. I am super excited about the Terry Tippest Williams National Parks book. I cannot really think of anything that would make me happier than to read her writing about nature. <laughs> Beauty. She's good at it. You could shout, but we're trying to get the Q&A for the recording. <laughs> Um, so mine is a weirdly specific book recommendation. So if you need time to think, I can follow up on Twitter. Okay. Um, but I used to be really into historical fiction about the Tudors. Mm-hmm. And since cool. watching Rain on the CW, now I want more about Mary, Queen of Scots. Oh. So if you have any historical fiction about Mary, Queen of Scots, that would be awesome. If you need time to think, again, I can follow up on Twitter. This is so not my wheelhouse. No, not mine either. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Anybody uh, else? Do any of you sorry. guys have recommendations for her? Recommendations? <laughs> Sharon K. Jen's Pendon. a wizard. And book, a plant. Magical bookseller brain. <laughs> That's Jen. If you have not met her yet, she's our events director. She did this. <laughs> So many people, everyone is so nice, and so many people have come up to me, and they're like, I really need to, like, no one's asking now, but they're like, I really need to ask. Everyone wants to ask. How do you read so much? And I'm like, I just do, and I'm, I feel like they're really disappointed. Like, people want to be like, oh, you don't, you I'm a cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not. I don't, I just, I just read a lot. We are going to run a Kickstarter in a couple years to turn Liberty into a cyborg so that she can. <laughs> there just, were plans to have a GoPro and a helmet for me to wear today. Yeah, there were. true. But yeah, I go around a lot. I always just tell people that she's not lying when you say you don't sleep. No, I haven't slept the last two nights. You guys, I was in my hotel room last night, like, <laughs> like all night. I don't sleep. You read. I read and freak out about <laughs> recording but, podcasts. Hey, but you haven't used your puke box. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. I have a puke box. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that with everyone. <laughs> I was just a little nervous earlier, but now I'm okay. But now I'm mortified. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, look at the time! Before Liberty breaks up with me, we can take one more question. <laughs> um, has there been anything you've read lately that really surprised you? Like you thought you were going to love it and you kind of hated it, or even better, you thought you were going to hate it and you loved it, or you hate loved it? Oh. oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't like to talk about books that I don't like. I will say that for each week that I read books for the new releases, I read between 10 to 20 titles, and I pick the five that I like yeah. the most. We do have lots of, I read 20 pages of that book, and it was not good, so I stopped email exchanges. But I always feel like I'm doing that because I just couldn't hang with the 20 pages or the book wasn't right for me. But I haven't, I don't finish reading things that I hate because life is too short, in my opinion. I um, can't, I have the problem where I finish everything. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you suffer through. I do. 
Um, something that really. What if I learned something that I never knew? Like yeah. it's not happened yet. Like, <laughs> but, like, what if the ending of the book is so amazing? You're a, you're just braver than I am. I'm like I can't do it. Bye. Um, <laughs> what have I been reading that was surprising? I don't I don't know. The Mary Louise Parker memoir really did surprise me. I just wasn't I had no idea what to expect and that was a very pleasant surprise. I haven't read anything I hated in a while cuz I just stop. Like you know, I just stop. I think that's our show. <laughs> we survived. Thank you guys for being here. <laughs> always you can hit us up at all the books at bookriot.com if you have thoughts or questions or you would like to send us links to the Slimer fan fiction that you found (laughs) oh they say don't do it don't do it okay don't look at the Slimer fan fiction Uh, I'm on Twitter at Rebecca Shinsky S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y Liberty is Miss Liberty you can rate and review the show on iTunes and I think that oh and thank you to iGiftYA for sponsoring be sure to get your giveaways on the way out Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you.